You're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast, bought by yours truly, Mr. Resident Geek, Stephen Hesse. We are available on iTunes, as well on www.geekapocalypse.com. Broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England, in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account, which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse, where we'll be, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast, as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account, which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse, where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek. Hello everybody, welcome along to episode 85 of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, the resident geek. Uh, but when am I not the resident geek? Uh, it sounds like I'm saying Resident Evil, but I'm not. But um, I'm really super excited for this podcast and actually I'm going to be incredibly serious because I'm actually quite emotional, believe it or not, and it's hard to hear. But I'm so over the moon with this podcast because it is it is really the, the closest thing that this podcast got to doing what I originally set out this podcast to be, which is a place where people can come without judgment, uh, without without um, without worry about how they're going to be portrayed, and, and to just talk openly and freely without any form of discrimination. And Marty and Fran, today's guests, were perfect in that sense. They came on to talk about their book, Gum on My Shoe, which is a book about... Um, uh, how uh, Marty helps Fran with her bipolar disorder, even though they live across the pond from each other. Fran lives in Maine and Marty lives in Newcastle. But we talk so freely about the stuff that hurts. We laugh, we cry, we joke. But we talk about the things because ultimately this stuff matters because uh, Fran and I have bipolar disorder and so we talk about that. And and how difficult it is and Marty talks about you know what to be, how to be a friend. But I hope what comes across in this more than anything is that it is it you can be friends with people who have mental health issues and it can be a massive plus in your life uh, the problem is is that the lack of understanding and no empathy and um, we're busy over the stuff that doesn't matter and this stuff does you know caring about people uh, understanding other people in, in more difficult situations and you know you know that this this resonates with me with the fact that obviously I nearly died and at the end of last year and and so I know how 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 serious it can get, and so, but we're doing this because we want to help. We're sincere about this, and because and so we hope that this is what this does, is to showcase that you can be friends with people with mental health, and mental health people can be worthwhile and are worthwhile and are worth caring about. And I guess if mental health had a box, he has us opening it and showing you this truthfully and honestly. So. We really hope uh, we've done that. So um, please do check out their website, which is Gum on My Shoe, and they're on Twitter at Gum on My Shoe. Boop, I got that wrong on the podcast, but um, I'm really proud of this. So thank you so much to Martin and Fran for doing it, and I really hope it helps someone. Um, mental health's important, so thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Video to say where we're going. 
Yes, by the way. Awesome, right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Apocalypse podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. Hello to everyone here on the YouTube channel. If you're watching the epic, uh, dare I say, the epic template that we have all, me and Marty and Fran have just created for your viewing pleasure. Uh, but if, you ha- if you're not list- watching this on YouTube, then thank you so much for checking this out on iTunes and geekapocalypse.com. We really much appreciate it. Episode 85. I know I said this last week on episode 84 but i can't believe that i'm doing it uh, this is the 85th episode even though i came up with this so why do i why do i feel why do i feel bad about it why do i feel like i'm going i'm doing a podcast like steven you've been doing a podcast for two years get over it and uh, but there you go but uh, a huge huge welcome i've been looking forward to this podcast for a little bit actually uh since we since we, we this was on the back burner for being um part of it Ooh, i've just realized two seconds there's something i'm just wondering if i need to have this down um, you're flickering, and I think it's because you're going in between. That's better, I think. Um, okay. Sorry, I just realized you were flickering on the video, so apologies for that. But yeah, anyway, false start. Uh, let's, go, let's go back to welcoming uh, Fran and Marty to the podcast. Hello, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for being on. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll talk about the fact that you're writers, you're bloggers, your website we'll get on to, I'm sure, during the podcast. And the ambassador of social good, which sounds... Almost Star Trek like or something. It's very, uh, <laughs> gonna, 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 uh, gonna get, gonna go and get them aliens to join the Federation. But no, uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Uh, but first of all, uh, welcome guys. So I suppose the best place to start is like why, where you guys are talking from now and also, um, how you know each other. Should we start with you, Marty? Yeah. Um, hi, Stephen. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Marty. I'm here in Newcastle on Tyne, the northeast of England. And um, I met Fran just over four years ago online on Facebook. Um, Fran, if you want to say where where you're calling from. I am from Portland, Maine. So we're both on the northeast side of our countries. (laughs) Nice. That's the connection we're going to have. It's just northeast. Is it as cold? Is it as cold in Maine as it is here? (laughs) Uh, The place you want to be in the summertime is Maine. That's ah, it's like extraordinary. The weather changes all the time, but it's beautiful, and the coast is gorgeous, and yeah, it's a good place. Quite a lot of the, quite a lot of the most, quite a lot of well-known people are, yeah. To 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 combat what you just said, to kind of add to that, is that I, I I'm, there's a couple of people as you said, Maine, that come to mind are people who live in Maine, like who have houses who are like well-known, like uh, Dana White who runs the UFC, he has a place in Maine, and uh, Jonathan Frakes. Mr. Riker from uh, Star Trek. I know he, he's from. I think he's from Maine, actually, though. But um, that's very interesting. But yeah, so so cool. So you touched on the fact that you met through Facebook. So um, how did that come about? Was it just by chance, or, or was it just uh, was it was it a mutual setting? How did how did you guys get to know each other? Fran, do you want to take that? <laughs> yeah, um, Marty and I were bo- were on. Um, the wall of a mutual friend of ours who was struggling with suicide. And there was like 150 comments, you know, people were saying things like go to the health food store and get this, or, you know, take a walk or, you know, these absurd things. And at the time I was very, very manic myself and I was infuriated. Mm -hmm. And then this fellow writes on there, flooding love and light into your world. You know, and it just 
totally. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Points. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who was writing for you at the time, Marty? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But yeah, go on, Mark. Go on, Fran. Yeah. So he he said that, and I immediately hopped on it because it was like, you can't. No. When somebody's like suicidal, they don't need floods of love from everybody. What yeah. they need is somebody that hits them right in the heart to make them stop doing what they're going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I ended up calling the woman. I ended up talking to her, you know. You know, nobody else was doing any of that. I put my number on the, you know, on the wall and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. nobody else was doing any of that. I And it was just, it made me so mad. Yeah. And then um, Marty, uh, uh, Marty private messaged me, I guess. And, uh, and um, you know, that's where we started. You know, I friended him. You know, he was thankful that I had said something to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that yeah, that was. You know, I I found myself on this um, this woman's Facebook, and as I say, she she previously, like an hour or two maybe before, had been posting some. I don't remember what the comments were, but something expressing some sort of suicidal thinking. Um, and then she wasn't around like online at the time, so yeah. as Fran said, you know, everybody else was posting up their comments and things. And yeah, I yeah. think they're getting a little bit like increasingly concerned, but increasingly sort of it's like desperate themselves for, for her to come back or something. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, so I had my wonderful, my wonderful contribution, you know, flooding love and light into your world. <laughs> and I'm just immediate. I mean, like, yeah, immediately this person I I didn't know who she was was just yeah. like, you know, just even what what was it you said? For I was like, even too, you know, too much love can be like overwhelming. Overwhelming, yeah. Overwhelming mm-hmm. was, and I just kind of like stopped me. Um, um, not, That's not such a great point. Know. We just I, I, connected from that point. Sorry. Go on. No, no, I just wanted to. I wanted to touch on that because. Um, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that, in, 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 and I, I bring in our mentally, mentally sound radio show because uh, what I should say is how me, me and Matty have, uh, Marty, sorry, have actually met. Uh, we met uh, with our mentally sound radio show, and the, the, you touch on self, you, you know, um, suicide, which leads to sort of self harm. And I remember we did a we did a segment about self harm on the radio show, and we talked about it behind the scenes for a great deal of time. It's easily the most difficult section we ever did on the radio show. And because there's so many connotations of, and it's probably the most taboo subject you can talk about in regards to doing a mental health show, um, is because it's a very, very difficult thing to to get across without sounding uh, like you know it all, or maybe sounding like you don't. You, that maybe you might. There's there's also a, a bad thing of it may trigger something. Like if someone listens to it. And they may be over feeling that way. I'm not necessarily over because I don't like that word, but you know what I mean in terms of, in terms of that they may be in a better place. And then we're triggering it by reminding them of the very, the very idea of doing it. So we have to be very, very careful about it. But it's something you touched on something very, very key there because this is why I want to talk about it because I think this is a good forum to do so. Is one of the things that you touched on this idea of that, you know, over, pos, uh, positive, like a positive emotion can be overwhelming as well. And that's something that I think is such a great point because I, I think of circumstances where I've been incredibly unwell and incredibly struggling and, and feeling this blackness. And when you said light, that's a very good description, I think, of of what you kind of don't see when you're in that, when you're feeling that way. So I f- remember feeling like very uh, sort of, 
overwhelmed, like not necessarily by the positivity, but just by the fact of like people kind of say that it's far better than you see it. So that can be overwhelming in the sense of that it's just there's too much information thrown at you. And this is, is and I, I wanted to ask you guys, is it a sense of that people don't understand the word I always like to use is capability. I always think like people don't understand how incapable you are of doing things when you feel that way. Is that a fair thing to say from, from, from your experiences? That that the other people are incapable of understanding where you are. Well, there's that, and also that we're unca- un- we're incapable of like being, you know, that dreaded word normal or or processing things properly. Like it's very difficult to process anything when you're in that sense. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Um, so yeah, both sides really. Yeah, is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, I think what I th- I mean I think that everybody in life, if you're a human being, you've experienced depression. Yeah. The, the issue, the issue is for people who are normal or are not diagnosed, yes, um, and have depression, they they think that they have gotten out of it by their own bootstraps, and so they feel like that's what everybody should be able to do. You know, just kind of talk Great your way point. out of it and, and point. You know, pull yourself up by the by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I was I actually talked to somebody recently that that was. That was her whole shtick. Is like, hey, I did it. Why can't you? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that it's really the, it, it's really bad that depression. You know, there's normal depression and there's diagnosed depression, and it's the same word. I think that should change. I, think I totally agree. Yes. It should be a different word. Yes. Period. So that there isn't any kind of you know, misunderstanding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I, this is what I believe very strongly is that there's an ill part of me and there's a well part of me. Okay. And, and that's with everybody, no matter how tiny the well part is, that can grow. Mm -hmm. If you, um, if you do certain things to help yourself grow it, I'm not saying that you can get cured. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that my my bipolar is never going away. Indeed. Chronic fatigue syndrome, neither, neither is my fibromyalgia. They mm-hmm. all get to stay. Mm-hmm. But I get to grow the parts of me. And it, it changes all the time. You know, I some days I'm like, fantastic. I'm having a fantastic day. And other days I'm like, I can, I can take a nosedive so quickly. quickly yeah. mm-hmm. So intensely. Um, so it's not like, you know, when I'm having a good day, it's like, oh, look, I've arrived and now I'm all better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. It's like, I do the best I can. I use a lot of meditation. Mm-hmm. That helps me a lot because the more I can get my head full of space mm-hmm. instead of full of racing thoughts, the better off I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, uh, Marty? In touch because there's a lot of stuff in there that I want to I want to develop a little bit later. But I want you just to, if you've got anything to say about this capability side, just add to what Fran just said. Yeah, well, just picking up on a couple of things that Fran said when she said there about how you know she feels that there's that there's a well part of her and an ill part. Mm-hmm. That goes back to you know what that was reminding me of is in the early days of our friendship. So it's like four years that just over four years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really had no prior kind of experience of knowing someone being with someone who experiences a chronic mental illness, bipolar. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it was very important to me that Fran was able to kind of convey, you know, I mean, in words, but, you know, describe, convey to me what kind of what it's like for her. So that kind of model almost, the mental model, you know, we can be geeky about it, like a mental model of, um, of different layers, you know, of, of different layers of like, whether that's the underlying health or the underlying illness, but whatever. Um, and as she described, is that there's not like a, a very clear boundary between the two, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, but there are the, the, the two kind of aspects of that. Yeah. And there's the, you know, the, the illness, the actual sort of clinical illness, sort of biological, whatever, whatever's going on there in the brain is not amenable to her, like just thinking herself out of it or, you know, do a bit of meditation and that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she described the, you know, other aspects of it, you know, there are things that she can do that we can do that we can work together that help. I think she says grow it. So that's a, you know, that's a good analogy, a good uh, word there to, to grow and reinforce those the, the healthier sides mm-hmm. or the healthier parts. Go on, Fran. One other quick thing that I wanted to say is that my, my illnesses, all three of them operate like sine waves and mm-hmm. sometimes they're going up and down together and sometimes they're all just like this and um, being able to be mindful of what is going on at any given time so that I can pay attention to taking care of myself is really important. Yeah. It, it's it's so great that you say that because I think from my experiences of, of knowing about my illness for like t- 10 years and obviously living with it my entire life because one of the things that you, you find out, especially when you have something like bipolar disorder, is you realize you've dealt with it your entire life. I mean, there was there were so many examples that were un, unchecked when I was a kid growing up. I mean, obviously, that leads into the whole debate of, you know, should you be diagnosed as like earlier than because I know in America, that's a, that's an issue where they, they get they get diagnosed arguably far younger than they should. Uh, when their brain's not fully developed. Um, but but one of the things that, that you touched on, guys, that I thought really resonated with me when you just said that was, I think people have, whenever people have dealt with me, there's only been a select few that understand that it's never going to be the same pretty much any day. It's any, any idea, any day is never going to be identical. And what a lot of people can't fathom is this idea of that they think, it's like a regular illness that will eventually either go away or it's an illness that like has a steady progress bar, like, like as in you'll go up one step and then go up another step and then you'll reach the top of the pedestal of being cured. And Fran touched on this where, where you said, you said the very simplistically powerful point of, you know, we're stuck with this forever, but it doesn't mean that our life is, is not worth anything or anything like that. But I think that's a really key point is that I think a lot of people end up coming to you and go, why can't you feel as good as like better than you did yesterday? Even though we've done all this stuff, like if we, if they've looked after us for 12 hours for that day, because we're really, really struggling and we wake up the next day and they'll, they, they feel like their help doesn't mean anything because they can't, they don't see the, they don't see the sort of, uh, the actual physical, uh, like differential right. difference, yeah. They don't see the differences, and you don't look perky. Yeah, you don't look like you've had a better sleep or whatever it is. And you say that you feel worse than you did yesterday. And you get people who just go, "Well, why do? Why should I help?" Not realizing that, like, you know, it could be something as simple. And I don't know whether you guys agree with this, but I always say this is that, you know, I remember being in hospital. I always tell this story. I remember being in hospital, and a friend of mine just sent me a text. 
And I, this was during the time where I was in bed and I was, you know, pa- essentially paralyzed in terms of I couldn't get out of bed. I was on a ton of medication. I couldn't walk out the door because I was in a psychiatric ward. And to have a friend of mine just text me and say, just even though that I can't speak to you every day, it doesn't mean that I don't think about you a lot and hope that you are. Uh, and I really, really hope that you, you find a way to deal with this. And it just, and and, I, and I'm here. Like, and that, that was it. That it was like a three-sentence thing. That lasted me for about three or four days in hospital. And I was there for two months. And I just kept, it just gave me this this positivity that I could not generate on my own. And that is a perfect example of something so simple that took maybe, what, a minute out of that person's day that actually helped me cope with it for four days. Uh, so I'm just interested to know what you, you know, is it a case that, like, what do you say to someone? Because we, we wanted to talk about this in, in terms of someone in a position to help someone with a mental health issue. What advice would you give people that do that? Because it's, you probably, you're both probably, I'm assuming, being in situations where you've helped someone. You've yeah. been the helper. So, so what advice would you give to people who, who are listening to this? What, what, what you just experienced, to me, I, I named that. I, it's called social medication. Mm-hmm. It's basically just being kind. It's being kind. It's being thoughtful. Yeah. It's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Um, and everybody can do that. People are, people, um, can do that. And they don't because mm-hmm. they don't understand it and they don't, um, that's just not something that's a part of their repertoire. Mm-hmm. Empathy, I think, is another thing. Empathy, yeah. Uh, you touched on it earlier. Your, your, your first, the first uh, answer you gave was a really poignant point where you said that, um, this idea of that people, think that they have experienced exactly the same thing and therefore the, the what the person's going through yeah. you know and it leads to this horrible question but i'm gonna say it now because i think it's the best <laughs> i think it's the best the best time to say it because i know i've said this in blogs in the past and got and upset people by the fact that i say this but i think it's a really relevant point of saying you know is it a case of people feel that it's not a case of that they've got a work, like a, a, a more detrimental illness, but it's the fact that the person just simply can't cope as well as them. Is that the is that really? Because to me, that that's that's what I think is the crux of the issue. Why people, like you say, won't be kind and won't be won't be in their shoes because they don't see it because it's a mental thing and they they're so lacking educated in it is that they think. That it's exactly the same situation when it can't, it, it isn't. And we're all, and, and one of the terrible things about mental health is it's individual, it's an individual experience. So it's never going to be the same for the same people. Like you could have a million people with bipolar disorder in one room and they're all not going to be treated the same way. That's, um, yeah, yeah, that's so what do you think, Marty, in that? Do you think it's a case of that? Do you think that's what people think? I mean, we can't. I mean, we can't do that. We can't speak for everybody. But what's your best? No, guess? I can't really speak for speak yeah. for everybody. But just to pick up on that point from the very end, I mean, I don't know a million people with bipolar. Yeah. But I know one very well indeed, Franny. But I mean, you know, I I have a lot of uh, friends, and you know, mostly online. But I've got uh, friends and other people I've kind of you know interact with online mm-hmm. who have. Bipolar, we'll just stick with bipolar now. Yeah, and um, I mean, yeah, we all know there are different types, so there's a spectrum or whatever. But even you know, even putting that aside, you know, there are their own individual experiences were all you know completely different. Um, and I have friends who just 
like when I mean I don't think Fran will mind me saying this, but when when we met, she was she was manic, and and uh, one of the ways in which that manifested on Facebook on social media is she was kind of like grabbing everybody she could, friending everybody she she could on 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 uh, Facebook. I've had another very very. Dear I still friend. understand that, yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. Another another friend who, um, when she's in, in in mania, she doesn't do that. But what she does is she'll sort of create Facebook groups or uh-huh. um, rename the ones that she has and things like that. So it's not a case of um, going out and grabbing people, but it's you know it's um, it manifests in a very specific way for her, um, as it did with with France, uh, but you know very very differently. Um, more generally, uh, I mean, well, you know, kind of like coming back to that point about the the friend who texted you mm-hmm. whilst you're in hospital. I mean, that just resonates so much for me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on the other side of this. I'm the well, you know, I'm one of the well ones mm-hmm. in friends, you know, and our terminology. Um, again, going back to the early days, and our friend kind of, you know, could like set the scene for me and explain the differences and things for how it was for her. So. We have this thing, the well ones and the ill ones. Mm-hmm. That might not sit well for everybody, but that's kind of our, our terminology, our language. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the other side of that. Um, and I probably now have more, you know, more friends who have one sort of mental health difficulty or another. Um, yeah. That they're not. Um, just the way of things and the way we've been involved with the book and all that kind of social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them are different, but all of them, you know, all of them are people first, no matter what their, those uh, those issues are. And what I see, especially on you know on social media, Twitter and Facebook, especially Twitter, is people being incredibly supportive and you know that empathy that we're talking about with each other. Largely, people who who have some degree of common experience mm-hmm. um, through the illness or through their experience of medication or you know hospitalization or whatever it might be mm-hmm. but just that simple um reaching out whether it's a you know it might be a text a direct message uh, you know a tweet or whatever it is and so that's been incredibly educational useful for me in terms of the kind of things that are actually effective um, and are wanted and needed by people and that they find you know valuable uh, before, just as you're saying, you, saying, you know, that, that text, that couple of lines that you're... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, like, just before yeah. Fran, just, just before Fran answers that, because I, I know it's a very, I can imagine it's a very important thing for Fran to, to answer. Uh, I just want to quickly ask, because you say that the majority of people you know kind of do have a mental health issue. I mean, and I suppose if I was being devil's advocate, which I guess is in some ways is my role being host, yeah. is, you know, I guess people from your side of the fence as it were who say that they're not don't have any mental health issue i ask the question of because i know some people have said this to me as in being in my life is very detrimental to them and i want to ask you like how you know it it mustn't be detrimental to you to have people with mental health issues around you and so so i just want you to say why is it not an issue is it because you understand it more? Are you, um, are you more, I mean, what is the, what is the kind of, um, the treasure chest of the key of not, is it the key of knowledge? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm interested. Yeah, to... I've become so incredibly wise. <laughs> the wise man has spoken. Uh, have, have I not, man? <laughs> right. No, I mean, yeah. We are looking with, like a sort of wise men, wise men with, deal here. With, <laughs> with the beards and I've the. Got a lot of gray as well. I know, yeah. Um, um, but no, yeah, please. No, I think there's been some. I mean, I, I, all right. The, the, the starting point. I mean, it was me that mentioned the fact that probably you know a majority of the people that I know or meet or whatever. Um, you know, have some sort of mental health issue. Of course, turning that around, you know, we all know the numbers, like one in four and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it's not as though otherwise, it's not as though before I was aware of it that I didn't know anybody who had depression or whatever. I just perhaps wasn't as kind of aware. I was maybe not going to be, you know, engaging in conversations such that they would maybe feel, you know, confident or whatever to share it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not exactly a new thing, but... Um, I don't know. It's certainly not, I mean, not detrimental. I mean, the thing is, people are people. So these people I know with mental health, they're not better or worse than people who, like normal people. They're just people I happen to know and, and you know, engage with and resonate with. Is it a case of is it a case of that you look at them and uh, look at, like, say, someone who doesn't have an illness and go, well... 90, 90, 95% of the time, there's some, they're a wonderful person who I want to know and 5% they have an issue. Cause I think if you, if you have that mindset of saying, you know, 95% of the time they're great and a great friend and someone I want to know and 5% of the time they struggle, we are like any normal other person in that, in that aspect. If you use that percentage as a scope to go, well, um, 5% of the time they struggle, but the rest of the time they don't. Is that, is that, it's, is it stuff like that really? Is it just not to diversify it and say that this person has mental health and this person doesn't? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, there'd, there'd be a lot of people that I wouldn't necessarily know whether they had mental health issues or not. So I'm not sure of that. But I mean, it's not just to come back. I mean, whatever the percentage might be, you know, yeah. you've said whatever you well, said. Whatever, yeah. Just, but whatever, it's not yeah. as though, with, 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 certainly with Fran, I mean, we're best friends. But so we, you know, I see the whole spectrum of, of how she is, you mm. know, well, ill, and all the bits in between. But it's not as though with whoever it might be, whichever friend it might be, that I'm, you know, I'm only interested. It's not like I only want to spend time with them when they're well. And it's not as though I only want to spend time with them when they're ill because they're more interesting when they're ill, you know. Yeah. If we're friends, we're friends. So whatever. I just think, I just think, um, that it sounds like that should be what everyone was like, but, it's, but sadly it's, it's that, I don't think that's as common. I will just, I will just, I will just say briefly though, that yeah. in terms of the, not the wisdom, but I mean, the whole, the, my, you know, my kind of like inner journey, you know, my mm-hmm. sort of journey over the past four years, um, since Fran and I met and the, that whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, has been a complete, you know, so like opening up, um, I've le- you know, I have learned a lot, both, from Fran, just from being friends and interacting with her and other people, but then more specifically, some of the, the you know the courses, the training, the reading, or whatever mm-hmm. that I've done and that Fran and I have done together, maybe mm-hmm. um, to actually you know to try and learn, to try and you know add to what I do now, not to yes. become incredibly wise or an expert, but just just to hopefully become better at supporting. Yeah, go on. I think, I think one of the um, main things that Marty has going on is that he's non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't look at people and put them in a little box and say, oh, you're this or, oh, you're that. Or, and he doesn't even do that with the stuff that I manifest, you know, with yeah. the illness parts. He's like, well, for, you know, he doesn't do that. You know, it's remarkable, actually. 
Um, and I have quite a few other friends um, that um, they they get um, they get that I have an illness, and and they're getting the idea that it's a physical illness. You know, it's it's not. It, you know, it's like having a cancer. It's like having any of these other diabetes, any of these other illnesses. When you have the symptoms. You can't help it. <laughs> the symptoms are manifesting and you can't help it. And so, you know, it's really important, you know, for my friends to know that that's what I'm dealing with. That's how they need, they need to interpret it <laughs> mm -hmm. for me. Because if they're, if they're thinking I can just get over it, they really can't be my friends. I yeah, just, I, I learned that. I learned there's that. Not, there's no bridge. Mm -hmm. There's no language that's going to, make us be able to talk to each other you know? do, you th do you think it's fair for me to say because this you brought you reminded me of something when i was in hospital one of the things one of the things that my bipolar disorder does and because I, I, I we all i, I want to ask fran in particular uh, about the, the positive side of bipolar because I, I think there is such a thing as a positive side uh, and i think that's something that never gets talked about uh, as it or only they ever get talked about when it's a documentary or something where it's basically saying they're bad things but there's a five minute gap where it's positive <laughs> Although one of the things I love about it, if you ever watch Secret Life of a Manic Depressive, which I really recommend people to watch, which Stephen Fry did, um, majority of people in that documentary said he said to them, if you had a red button about getting rid of bipolar disorder, would you press the button? And majority of them said no. Uh, and I and I and I've spoken many times in this podcast to see Fran shaking her head is that I I would say no. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get rid of it either. But do you think it's fair to say? Because you touched on this idea of it's comparing it to cancer, and I got in a lot of trouble, as in a lot of trouble, as in I got a lot of criticism, because I said depression at its at whatever it's depression, severe depression, bipolar disorder, any form of mental health is debil is as debilitating as cancer. And I said that, and I deliberately made the headline like that. It was a blog, like a blog post article that I did while I was in hospital, just because they 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 said when I was speaking in a session that this was amazing because I'm really well read in it. That's one of the positive things about bipolar is it makes you incredibly productive when it's helping you. You know, when it's helping you become, you know, you're more productive because you're more sort of aware of things and you're and you're able to to just have more energy, like uh, amazing energy, like yeah, the clicking. Mind is going clicking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I compared it to I don't know, you know, lo there's loads of metaphors for it, but I I always say the metaphor of like it's like having a hundred decker buses, like hundred double decker buses lined up at the same time, and each one of them is a thought that I'm having in a second of me thinking of it. So I'm I'm thinking of like a hundred things a second, um. And one of the things they done to test me was they got me to multitask a crazy amount in hospital. And then they asked me to refer what I did. And this is one of the reasons this is great about podcasting is I've got several things going on here right now. And I'm like watching them all. I'm going, this is easy for me because this is kind of the way my mind works. <laughs> so I was like, this is just crazy hell, Stephen. Why are you doing this to yourself? And I'm going, this feels normal to me because this is the speed I work at in every normal day. But I just want to touch on, I'm sorry, I just want to make this point about the cancer thing, is the reason I got stick for it, as I said, but the, the comparison I was making is, think of, can, think of cancer in its form, right? It is an alien parasite inside your body. It's something you don't see, and yet you can, you understand, if anyone ever says the word cancer, majority of the time, people understand that very word. 
if you say cancer, they, they just automatically know. Because I remember being eight years old and being told that my uncle had cancer. And I still remember that to this day because I remember me knowing, even at eight years old, how bad that was. And, and it resonated with me. And I remember my, and just the look of dread on my, on my family's face. But the, the key discernible difference is when I got ill with mental health, my family did not deal with it well and kind of outcasted me with it. Whereas when my uncle had cancer, it was like, oh, he's got cancer. We need to go and see him and look after him and all this kind of thing. And part of me, part of me wants to say the reason why I think the reason why that that happened is because that we have grown up with a certain amount of knowledge of what cancer is now. And so whenever, as I say, when people say the word cancer, it's almost like we're, we've, we're, we're built into culture now and society to kind of know how bad that is and how we need to deal with it. So it's more understood to a certain degree yet when you compare it to mental health issues the point i make is it's still something broken inside your body it's something that's not working that's actually inhibiting you and is debilitating inside your body that you don't see but you see it because of the physical you know disabilities and deterioration you have because of your mental health illness yet people don't want to take a mental health debilitating thing seriously yet with cancer uh, it's sort of understood a bit more. Like if, if if you, you know, I always make the comparison of you have someone in in a cancer ward in hospital and someone with mental health in a hospital. People kind of would know how to deal with cancer, then not know how to deal with mental health. But yet my simplistic point in that is how to deal with it is 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 is, is deceptively similar. That you just need to be there and you need to you need to it's. It, 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 and that's kind of the point I was making is that it, it, it's still inside someone and you never see the cancer. Cancer is just a word of what happens. You know, and mental health is the same thing. I have bipolar disorder, but the symptoms could be exactly the same as someone with severe depression. And it, you still have the same debilitating stuff happen to you like you would cancer. Is that a fair is that a fair analogy? Because you've touched on it. So I'm just interested to know what yeah, you think. It's, it's all about stigma. Mm-hmm. It's all about stigma. Um, all the normal people are, you know, have judgments against people with mental health. The thing that happened with cancer is this. There was so much, um, what's it, promotion and, and, you know, knowledge and fundraising and all of that support in the community that made cancer okay, you know. Um, and that, and what happened with mental illness, if you, if you look back at the history of mental illness, yeah. how, you know, way, way back, they used to burn people at the stake for being witches, <laughs> you know, and then in the near future, what they, they, it, there were major institutions and everybody got incarcerated and treated horribly, horribly badly, you know, and then now, you know, there's no institutions, but yet, the institutions are still there. They're just not walls. Yeah. They're, they're the social construct of how people are, you know, and if they, you know, and if people um, have kindness and empathy, that goes a long way to make uh, somebody uh, better. Mm-hmm. In just a moment, it can change everything. You know, even if it's just for a day, you know, whatever, but it can ease the pain. And people don't understand how painful it is. I used to live on an island. 
I, I was in a manic phase. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just as soon as you say that, I just start thinking of Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> I used to live on an island, right? And I was on, uh, you know, I for 11 years, um, and then uh, I had a manic spell that was really horrible, and I really was horrible to a lot of people. It wasn't my fault because I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what, what would happen, like, nobody, people totally ostracized me. Here I am on an island. I'm getting ostracized. I'd go on the ferry. I'd sit down. Everybody would move away from me. It was unbelievable. Here I am. I'm I'm not well, <laughs> obviously, you know, but not one person helped me yeah that's exactly the same thing if that happens the, if in the minister well i won't i won't go into that yeah well you don't you don't need to um but but <laughs> um i just want to make the, the really brief point that i'm I mean, interested to know what marty thinks but but um I, yeah it's just i think i think it's the element of uh the the solution seems to be uh, in terms of people think a and, and maybe it's it's just a, a simplistic point is this that maybe it is it's down to that blaming someone is far easier than understanding it um so it's far easier to just to just say it is the person's fault for not like i said earlier about not being able to cope enough with what they're going through or whatever it may be and and it's a bit but yeah i make the distinction of if someone fell down in front of you as you were walking along in the street you still have to make the decision as a moral caring person about the human race of do you ignore that person falling down who needs help or are you someone that jump are you someone that steps over them and pretends it isn't happening because that is exact to me that is exactly the same thing as as someone with mental health saying that they need help off you because if you're not prepared to be there and marty touched on this earlier which i think is why he's clearly a great friend is because um, having a having a friend who is willing to be there when it's bad, just as well as it's good, is a friend. A friend isn't someone like this social. Fa- this is what I think the downside of social interact so social uh, social networks that are the downside of this is that they think friends is being there, but being there in a kind of I'll be there for a drink, uh, I'll be there in a social setting. I'll be there when it's when that person's laughing and joking. Because people who have known me a very long time know that when I'm well, I'm the biggest joker in the world, and I and I completely completely polar opposite to 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 be. To, I'm not serious about life when I'm well. I I mess about and all that kind of thing. But the core of me, the illness side of me, which is still the core of me, it's part of me, is serious about life because I want to do a good job. But I think if you're not there for the bad things, aren't you, necess- aren't you necessarily, aren't you basically a user? Because you're only using someone for one aspect of their personality and then dumping them when it gets difficult. And I, do you think it's an element of that there's a lack of loyalty in the world as well? Because I think loyalty and uh, and sort of, like I say, looking at the looking at what of someone that's good and not blaming them for it. But I think. When I was in the psychiatric hospital, I felt that I was put... The, the Part of the problem was you get put in a box. Literally, that a psychiatric ward is a box where you don't see anyone. You're put in a, a four-meter four by four-meter door, like wall, and you're not allowed to leave. And it's like you're, you're literally away from society's eyes to actually deal with it, um, which I think is a, a really... The really bad part about it is that we're just not prepared to deal with it. But I wanted to ask Marty because... 
you know, I think it's good as a cat, like a sort of a, a friend who, who who doesn't deal with this kind of thing, is to ask you, do you think for as an outsider that it's a case of that maybe it's a case of people just don't know how to deal with emotion, whether it be good or bad? Um, because that's the really the crux of it. Health. Because that's really the crux of it, isn't it? Because to me, it feels like the crux of a crux of a mental health issue mainly comes down a lot of the time. It's like emotional turmoil or emotional trauma, whatever the right yeah. whatever the right thing is. And I think the 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 the, 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 the empathy issue is because they don't um is because they don't understand they they don't they want to run away from emotional difficult emotional distress yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and do you think that's a fair thing to say um, i think that is i think that is a fair thing to say and i mean that fits my own prior sort of history as well you know it's not as though um it's not as though prior to to meeting fran you know i you know i, I wasn't sort of <clears throat> i don't think i was a horrible person but it necessarily but I wasn't anywhere near as sort of open to pe- to other people, to other people's um, need or, or whatever, or just to let, just to listen to their story effectively, really, because that's what I think what a lot of this kind of comes down to. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though I, I was kind of always like this. So when I spoke earlier about the sort of, the sort of opening up on my kind of personal journey um, since meeting Fran, you know, that's what a lot of that, you know, has been about. So, mm-hmm. um does that come? Does that come with experience of life? Do you think? I think. Um, I think it's just as you get older, you is it like me. a natural thing. Um, um, like to be more kind. I, mean, I, I guess. I guess with you know, I guess with age or, or whatever age and experience. But I think it was more of a. Um, it wasn't solely Fran. I mean, there were some key key friends and whatever events or whatever prior to that. Um, I think it's a bit more of like a rather than a gradual kind of. Um, like evolution, rather than like a gradual sort of evolution, it's kind of like stepwise, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I, but I didn't have any kind of like immediate parts of like experiencing things coming and meeting with Fran. We just kind of connected as friends. Um, and hey, my new friend has bipolar disorder. What is, you know, kind of, what is this? Um, and we've always connected in terms of being open and, you know, we, we talk. I mean, but I think one of the, advantages of being 3,000 miles apart is this is how we do our friendship mm-hmm. you know we t- we type a lot you know you literally we, communicate yeah we, we message yeah. Or, or whatever but you know we you know once we graduated from facebook messaging or whatever graduated to, i love that packing order <laughs> we're almost at we're almost at phoning each other guys we're really close yeah, well, it, well that was yeah that was yeah. that was real scary for me yeah but you know once we did we did that you know i mean this is how we <laughs> We do our we do our friendship, our relationship. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it is, you know, it is a spoken thing. We're usually sat here at, at opposite ends of a screen mm-hmm. talking. Um, we've always been able to, to do that. And I think part of for me, maybe it's just like saying a curiosity. You know, here's my friend. This sharing her experiences. Her experiences happen to curiosity. Include, yeah, happen to include. Yeah, I mean, curiosity is one of our kind of key words, really. For, yeah. for, I think it's something we clearly share. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a it's such it's a trait that um, is very underappreciated. Um, yeah. It leads to so many different things because curiosity leads to you it constantly wanting to understand stuff yeah. um, and That's being out of your comfort zone. And that was kind of what I wanted to touch on. Do you think the experience of doing that led you to get out of what you would consider a comfort zone at the time? Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay. 
definitely. That's really yeah. interesting to know. Uh, well, curiosity also allows for open-heartedness. Yeah. If you're not, you can't be open-hearted without curiosity. Mm-hmm. You, you really have to have both, you know. I mean, just because if I ever, if I ever, because what I mean by curiosity is that very often when somebody um, doesn't know what they're talking about, because I always love John, you know, I don't know if he's a fan of John Cleese, I, I, uh, but um, oh, I, I always, um, I loved it when he said in an interview recently uh, on Bill Maher's show, I don't know if, Fran, if you're aware of that show, but um, on Bill Maher's Real Time, uh, which is a, like a pol- political show in America, I, I loved it because he got asked, like, he said, what's the one thing you've learned as he got older? And I think he's like 85 or something now. He's, I think he's in his mid-80s or something. And he goes, the one thing I've learned over the period of time is that no one has an effing clue what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing and he goes, but there's a real serious point to that as he says that he, he then elaborated and said, but the serious thing, reason I mean that is because he said the one thing that really disappoints him is, and this is something that disappoints me all the time with the way people are, is if they hear about something, and this kind of ties in with mental health, is instead of doing what you did, Marty, and ask what is bipolar disorder from someone who's experienced it, they'll they'll read they'll read from an, un, an uneducated source uh, rather than going to the actual the actual you know evidence of it, like as in the person, and they'll make up what they think it is. And this is one of the reasons we wanted to start mentally sound, actually, which is probably a good thing to, to mention. Is the reason we wanted to do it is because a lot of information that's out there about a lot of stuff like this. Or how all the way people kind of deal with something is they just assume they know something and they don't. And one of the things curiosity does is it makes you second guess yourself is it makes you read about it and go, actually, I didn't realize it was like that because you actually are reading more about a subject and not putting things in boxes, which ironically is what a lot of people do when mental health. They kind of go, I understand it. It's you're like there's something that this actually brings me up to something that I'm glad I remember to ask you guys is. Do you think, and I know, and I, I see this a lot on American TV, unfortunately, Fran. I, I, I believe, are you American? I actually never asked you that. Are you? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was made in Italy, but I, you know. You were sorry, and you you were born in Italy, did you say? I was I was made in Italy. Made was... in Italy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you're, you're, are you made of China? Like, I was made. In, I was made. I'm made of pasta. Um, oh, she's right. a fragile, very little, fragile yes, little thing. Yeah, she might break into pieces. Yeah, <laughs> quite like. Um, but but hey, I'm the same. But um, but do you think I I listen like one of the things. Again, curiosity factor and learning what to do is I listen to a, a load of podcasts, like that's because it's one of my hobbies and one of the reasons I wanted to start one. And I listen to a lot of American ones and ones that kind of have a conversational aspect like this does. You overuse the word crazy, and it really drives me and drives it literally drives me crazy. But it <laughs> but it but it does in the sense of they they use it so flippantly, and mm-hmm. um, they use it in a kind of like they'll say. I don't know, like, they'll say, uh, I don't know if you remember, the, the example that comes to my head now is is when Britney Spears shaved her head. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that at the time, where she kind of just was going through a bad, bad situation, yeah. and the tabloids had her shaving her head, and it was a bunch of headlines saying she's gone crazy and all this kind of thing. And there's a guy that I love on American TV, who sadly doesn't do his show anymore, called Craig Ferguson, and he did a monologue where he basically said, I'm not going to do any jokes about it, and he has why. She has a, clearly a problem a deep-rooted problem. And we're just laughing about the fact that she shaved her head when actually she's going through something clearly quite terrible and also she's fighting legally to keep her children. And we're supposed to go on and just destroy her when 
you know, it's clearly obvious she's going for a terrible time. But the point I'm making is that, like, even even something very trivial in in a tabloid will go, well, they're clearly crazy. And it's almost like they're pushing them to a corner and going, they're clearly crazy, therefore I don't have to put any attention to that. Which is my point, is that surely the better way would be to kind of go, instead of calling that crazy and pushing it to one side, is it not the right thing to understand why that situation has happened first before you kind of judge them? Because that's essentially what you're doing. Is that not is that not a fair a fair assertion? Um, no, what do you think? Do you think do you think crazies use too much in American? Because I see it in like American TV shows and various other things. I'm yeah, know I, what think. absolutely. I I, I agree. Um, the thing that came into my mind while you were saying all of that mm. was um, that. Do you know what seagulls do? When one of their comrades is sick, uh, I don't know. Is it like? Is it? Uh, they don't. Is it? It's not like elephants. Do they mourn or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> they, they pack it to death. Oh, okay. That's okay. what they do. And I think that, um, you know, I think that, um, okay, yeah. that our society is that like that. And as as we keep going on a continuum toward kindness, you know, then things will change. You know, yes. but um, because. Every language, everything that we say, every word that we say when we're dealing with someone who's mentally ill is really critical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it matters. It really matters. You can't just say whatever you want. You know, you, you've got to be thoughtful about it, you know, and caring. I really wish as well people would start. I, I don't know if this drives like this really upsets you when people say this, but I got more people saying when I was in hospital, you just need to do better. Or you need to try harder. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I really, you know, I, I think this is the longest I haven't sworn a podcast, but that really drives me fucking insane. <laughs> like, because I, re- I really do not like it. Uh, by the way, you can say what you want in this podcast. I forgot to say, it, but um, is, but yeah, I only feel like I need because I'm not one of these people who thinks that oh, you got a terrible vocabulary if you swear. No, I think a certain ass. You don't go oh, flipping heck, I've stubbed my toe. Like, no, you go oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like um, you know, and it's therapeutic, I think, in a in a, in a strange way. But oh my god, I, I definitely can cuss like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, isn't it? It's just it's a far better way of dealing with something than kind of going, oh, oh, tally ho! I appear to have, <laughs> I appear to have hurt myself. But yeah, but no, it's it it, it I, uh, do you think? I mean, I think this is a nice transition to say because we're talking about the word, the way words are used, and okay. I want to talk about the because obviously we want to talk about some of the stuff you do as a combat to educating people is maybe the right way of saying it. In, uh, in terms of the stuff that you guys do now, so so what do you think? Uh, like, what's the what's the the underpinning reason, Marty? Would you say that you want to kind of uh, speak openly? Because I get asked this a lot: is like to speak openly about about you know caring for a friend, helping someone. Why? Do you, what's the what's the the biggest reason that you do it? I think the starting point for me really was not so much a burning reason. We probably got a bit more of a burning reason, or you know, a, a drive with the book and things, which I'll come back, come on to. But mm. um, just for me to begin with, it wasn't so much a burning need to talk about, let's say, you know, my friend, my friendship with Fran. You know, going back to when it was relatively new or whatever, mm-hmm. it was just that there was absolutely nothing to hide. I mean, it was this was by you know, if I'd made a new friend who was into, I don't know, whatever, sailing or skateboarding or I don't know whatever whatever it happened to be that would be what I was talking about um, 
Fran was my, you know, my, my new friend. Um, for me to have a friend like in the States or something, you know, it's, it's kind of new, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, you know, she has bipolar disorder and that was a big part of our friendship and our relationship and what I was beginning to learn about. So I think at that level, it was more just a case of that was, you know, that was part of what was going on in my life. So if it was at work discussing things with my colleagues or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I work in a big office. I was probably like half a dozen people, mm-hmm. pretty much all guys, in fact, but like sit sort of around me on a workstation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really aware prior to prior to meeting Fran or starting to talk about um, my friendship with her. But as conversations go on, and you know, like out of those maybe eight guys, like maybe six had you know pretty much like direct experience whether the, for themselves of, of like mental health issues where it might be depression um indeed bipolar where it might be themselves a partner um i think a child in what in one case you know so um that kind of was sort of like you know, just sort of opening things up so mm-hmm. i've never felt any need or um need or impulse to kind of hide it myself mm-hmm. and then as things as things kind of developed um then well it was you know frank can maybe tell the story but I've, I've had, it was fran's idea that we actually write a book together mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so from that point on it became more of something this is something that we are specifically doing um, um so would you say like i mean it seems like to it seems like you're touching on basically that you never felt reluctant to talk about mental health really or anything of that nature it seems like that's that's what you're getting at but, you never yeah, felt absolutely. uncomfortable um, you never felt like it was a, a thing off off limits maybe is the right way of saying it no not at not at all i mean i maybe from being on the the other side on the well side you know i'm freer to to, to do that there's maybe less um, kind of stigma or whatever associated with somebody who is helping or caring for somebody with a mental health issue than for the person themselves. Um, but I'm not sure about that because I have a friend or friend and I you know, have a mutual friend um, sort of through online who who cares for a bit like with me and Fran who cares for a, a friend you know over, over distance um, and she she blogs herself and she's talked about some of the kind of some negative you know, responses or whatever she's had from maybe friends and family. I've never had that. Um, mm-hmm. I've only really had kind of interest um, or sort of support um, from other people and, and, and a lot of interest. You know, mm-hmm. and I think if you if you're starting to talk about it, then as I say, other people are like, well, hey, you know, my friend or whatever, somebody I know, a relative. Um, people tend to want to open up rather than rather than try and you know kind of close me down. <laughs> so what in, what about in your aspect then, Fran? What what do you what what drives you to talk about it? What well, you know what's interesting is that um, after I talked to Marty about, hey, why don't you write a book? <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> I, actually, I actually became more. Uh, I, I became braver about using my voice about talking about my experiences and about all of that sort of thing on Facebook. And what ha- what, what's, what's really cool that happened is that I have so many people who are like egging me on because this is, you know, this is stuff that either they're going through or they know somebody that's going through or, you know, it's becoming 
you know, uh, more acceptable. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, I got to a place where I, I didn't give a shit anymore. I, you know, I really, um, I needed, to, I need to be true to who I am. And it's, it's, I didn't have any fear. You know, I let go of the fear. Um, because if people want to unfriend me, if people want, you know, whatever they want to do, that's their choice. But I'm not going to beg to have friends. Mm-hmm. And if I only have one friend in the world, that's fine. Yeah, it is. I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you think of it in the aspect of, cause I try and, and, and um, I try and, and think about this and it's hard it's hard when especially when you 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 feel that your illness is getting on top of you is to is to think of the people who are here uh, and do treat you the way that you want to be treated um so yeah it's like and 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 realizing that like one friend is probably more friends than a lot of people in the world have that are in worse positions than we are but um that's I want to reiterate, though, that's really easy to say when someone's in a very dark place. And I think it touched on what we said at the beginning of the podcast when, you know, if you remind, you know, I, I think this this happens a lot when I when you're in a really dark, terrible place. People want to respond by going, well, it could be worse, but you're not <laughs> able to you're not able to understand that. Like you don't again. That's why I think from my perspective, I think when I came up with the word capability is that you're not capable of of putting things into perspective because you're in a you're in a glass ball of negativity and you can't you can't get out of it and until you break that 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 wall you know you break that glass ceiling you're never gonna you're never you're never you can't think that there's a bigger world outside than the one that's in your head uh, but that's what that's what I mean is like if I use my words to describe the inside of my dark box yeah and put it on Facebook mm-hmm. and people get to see what that is. And there's people who don't have the voice to describe it. They see that and they realize they're not alone. Mm-hmm. They're, not, you, they're not alone. Do you ever get, because this sadly happens to me, and it's it makes it, it's obviously, you know, it can be very detrimental to, to someone, to anyone, not just anyone with an illness. But I get the other side of the coin, which is people who say, how dare you? Uh, how dare you talk about... Um, you know, mental health, it's all about you. I get that phenomenally, not like, like obviously the, the you know, that's why I always put things into perspective is the positive, the positive stuff's like 95%, probably even higher, you know, and it's only a really small percentage of, of feedback that I do get, but the, the occasionally I'll get the odd email and the odd Twitter saying like, how dare you speak openly about mental health? Um, it's all about you because you talk about your experiences and and I go and I just answer you know I, I I'm interested to know you're probably gonna laugh when you when I say this but my the way I counter it is to go I'll just ask I have a simple response to to people saying that do you if if you understand the terrible feeling and the the the, 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 the how much it screws an individual's life to have something like this do you think I would want this want to have that? Just to ha- just to be ridiculed in in a in, in a society where everyone wants to destroy me over it. Do you really think I would go to the trouble of that's out of all the attention seeking I could possibly do? <laughs> I'm gonna pick <laughs> I'm gonna pick the most debilitating thing and go. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna talk about that because all I want is attention. Yeah. Uh, because there's plenty of other ways I like to think through my my talent. You know, me interviewing people, etc. That I think that is where I get my joy and and thing from it. 
But I just want to touch... The reason I bring... I, I said, tell that little story is to say... I think it's something that me and you share, Fran, is that people don't realise that the counter-argument to that is... And I, and I think... I'm, I'm not going to paraphrase for you, but I want to ask you, to like, is it the... Is it the sheer joy of hearing someone come back to you and say you've changed my life or you've you've made it easier? Because I honestly say this, and people sometimes say I'm not being truthful, but I, I don't know how else to say it other than I do it purely for the fact that there'll be someone out out in the world right now who might read what I write and understand it more, get better over it, or they might have someone that they know. And when I get responses like that that say you've you've changed not only what 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 I'm going through but my family understands it more because they read your article. Like, is that what it is? That really what you do it for? Is that the worth? Do you think? Well, I think that I originally did it because I just needed to have a voice. And yeah, I needed, get out there. Yeah. I needed, you know, I needed to kind of compose what what this thing is that I'm <laughs> that I'm involved in uh, inside of me. Yeah. And, uh, but yes, absolutely. I can't tell you how how excited I've been when people, you know, give me a little message, you know, just saying something, you know, and Marty knows this. He probably knows more than, he can remember more of them than I can. <laughs> I, can't quote, I can't quote them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, absolutely. If I, can, if I can stop one person from committing suicide, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. It's that good. Is, that is what I'm about. That worth is worth a thousand I'm... attempts, isn't it? Yeah. It's worth a thousand attempts to get there. That's that's how I look at it as. I'm like, you know, when people go, I've tried 500 times and it hasn't made a difference, and I'm like, well, try 501 times if that might be the one that makes a difference. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm so with you on that. Um, I mean, I think, um... yeah, go for so, it. And, and it's true that I, I mean, I battle suicide daily, mm-hmm. you know, and this is part of how I help myself. Mm-hmm. Not do it because yeah. I'm I'm trying to communicate, you know, that to others. So you know. I mean, what's it like? I mean, we're going to touch on the more positive aspects of it, uh, Fran. But what what what's? I just want to say what my experience is like, and then let's let's compare. Uh, I mean, I know that's not really <laughs> that's not really recommended, but I'm I'm using it as an example of how it can be different. But from my, from my point of view, you know, you touch on the the idea of it's a daily a daily you know difficulty with suicide and whatnot and i guess like to want to live i think is maybe the right way of saying it and certainly i think for me that resonates but for me it it freaks people out there's people very close to me who know this but i'm as you know i'm i'm open i'm really open on my on anything i do media related is the first thing that my brain says to me when i wake up is it tells me i shouldn't do i shouldn't carry on living it's the first thing my brain tells me when i wake up is oh god why are you still trying like it's literally the first thing my brain says something to that nature and it can be very very loud and it can be very very quiet depending on you know certain other factors but i always say to people that voice determines more often than not what type of day i'm going to have because it's either do i have to try really really hard to drown it out or is it a small enough of a voice where I can go? You know what? Fuck you! I'm I am going to enjoy today, and I'm going to and I and, it, and, it, and everyone says that my everyone might make that out as saying that it oh so it's down to motivation. Then is it Stephen? No, it's not. It's down to how difficult it is because it's out of your control. And I'm just interested to know, like, you know, have you got how how do you, if you want to if you're okay with just describing what it's like for you on a daily basis? Oh, I have often 
you know, in, uh, first thing in the morning, first thought of the day, you know, and throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I've been trying to do that I've been trying to work on is like when I get out of bed, you know, I might have that thought. I'll get out of bed and I'll say, and I'll go to my mirror and I'll say, I love you. That's a hard thing to, that's harder <laughs> than anything I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. So I, tr- I try to have that kind of, um, at, you know, like I try to put thinking in there mm-hmm. that is going to shift just a little bit. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to shift a lot, but just try to get some thinking in there that's good. And it's not about positivity because positivity does not work with, with me. That's like, no. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about it. <laughs> positivity does not work with me. But if I can just do a tiny shift, you know, it's like, okay, here, I want to kill myself here. I'm going to, I'm going to brush my teeth, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I go and I choose to brush my teeth. Yeah, I just you know, think, and then I choose the next thing. But it's yeah, it's yeah. really it's like the tiniest little step. Mm-hmm. I, I always say to people, just like you know how I touched on percentages earlier, and I say that you know if that voice is loud for me, it may be like I, I don't I know like you can't really put a percentage on these things, but I find it's useful for me because it puts things into perspective when I'm not able to. Is I'll go, okay, I'm feeling like about forty percent, like I usually am. If if I do the little steps like you touched on, because I'm the same, and it's it's hard to do, but you kind of just get into a, you try and get yourself into a routine of doing it anyway and see what difference it makes. But the point I'm making is this is why I think we touched on this earlier that some people who hear this think, oh God, is it really like that? Why can't it just be like that every day? But it's not. But I'm just making the point of, you know, I may go and do something as simple as I'm going to go and get make, get go to a takeaway and get my favorite order. And that might add 10% to that, which might which might make 10% difference that day. Now, people might listen to this or, or watch this and go, 10%, that doesn't seem a great deal. But that 10% could be the difference of whether I have a productive day or not. Uh, but I'm saying the same exact day could happen where I do exactly, I think, oh, I'm going to do that and see if that makes a difference. And I might still feel like as miserable as I did when I tried it. But I think the point we're both, we're both getting at is, unfortunately the the situation we're in is you just keep trying stuff and usually you find you'll come up with a set about of about 10 different things maybe where you'll try them and then something will just help you that day to kind of go oh it's not that bad but but i'm just making the simple point of i I get i guess i get why you said that but i'm just i guess wanting to reiterate to people and it's not just bipolar disorder we should mention it's across the spectrum of it could be a multitude of different things whether it's schizophrenia whatever we can go into a bunch of different things but i just think this idea of that you start in a bad place i think is something people don't understand they kind of think it's just a thing of that you get yourself in that situation or or you've made yourself depressed or you've put yourself in a in a bad position and i think it goes back to that really simple phrase doesn't it of of if only uh, it, like it, you can have all the money in the world and all the best stuff and still be the most miserable man on the planet um, because it's not related to what you have, it's what you're going through. Um, but I, I just want to ask as well, just as a kind of jokey thing, because Marty talked about the effect, you know, Marty talked about um, being being you, being there for you, Fran. I mean, I want to I want to ask this thing of like, what makes Marty? a good person to be a friend with, with someone in your condition. Cause I think that that leads to like, what I want to touch on is what do you think is 
what do you think that Marty does from your perspective that you think helps? Uh, which, because I want to, you know, talk about that to kind of anyone listening to this who maybe have a friend who's got something like, what do you think is a good approach to, to helping someone? Uh, absolutely. Um, Marty, um, well, like I said, I already mentioned earlier, he is um, non-judgmental, And, um, you know, with all of the things that I've struggled with, you know, like, uh, you know, I've had like major, major depression where I couldn't, I could not do anything <laughs> at all. Yes. Um, and he, he would always, he wouldn't, I trained him not to be positive because that didn't work. <laughs> Um, <laughs> trained him not to be positive. Yeah, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> he, he would always be, you know, he's always like cheering. But um, stop being happy. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Um, but he, um, he, he always is interested in what's going on for me, and yeah, you know, and he doesn't try to fix it. Mm. He's not trying to fix what it is that's going on for me. He, but he does say, you know, he does support. He does um, hear what I'm saying. He does, um, you know, he does offer suggestions, but it's not in a fixing way. Um, so, you know, those are things that's very simple. Really, he just cares. He, you know, he just cares. He cares about what's going on for me. And if I'm having a hard day or if I'm having a hard friendship with someone or if I'm having, if anything... He's always involved. He's always uh, ready to to help me. Um, what do you think? What do you think, what do you think, Marty? In terms of, do you think? Because uh, this is something I always try to to reiterate to my friends, and for, I'm fortunate that there's friends that are aware of this. What do you think in terms of when when Fran is well? Uh, you know, is I just want you to talk about the sort of difference between when she may be manic and needing help to when she's in a good frame of mind and and is a friend to you. Like, does she is she a good is she good at helping you with with your regular aspects of your life? Like, if you've got a problem, like, uh, what's Fran like in that aspect? Yeah, yeah, very well, very much so. I mean, one of the key one of the key things about our friendship is any friendship really is it's i mean fran for a long time has you know does describe me has described me as her as caregiver carer mm-hmm. caregiver <clears throat> but you know fundamentally we're friends um a caregiving relationship especially if it was you know if you were hiring somebody as a carer or something you know that would be a pretty much a one directional care help and support that's not what we have you know we have a friendship and it's a you know a bi-directional you know, mutual kind of thing. So absolutely, um, you know, Fran, um, you know, I talk about my stuff, I talk about, you know, um, my stuff with Fran, you know, just as she will talk about her stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was just talking there about, you know, if she has any issues, you know, other relationships, friends or whatever, you know, that would be a good example where, you know, that's the sort of thing I might bring to her, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm having issues with some other friend or whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. normal you know, best mates kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what else? What else? I mean, you were asking about you know, the, the difference for me, mm-hmm. for our relationship, perhaps our friendship, when, mm-hmm. whether she's ill or, or well. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. and Not funny. It's kind of interesting because <clears throat> when she's, uh, when Franny is poorly, whether that might be, 
less of manic or particularly if she's depressed. Um, and we need to remember, you know, to reiterate what she said before that it's this, you know, Fran has uh, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia as well. So it's not only the bipolar that affects how she is on a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, so it could be, you know, not so much the, the bipolar, but it might just be sort of the, the physical fatigue that's laying alone. Yeah. Um, but when, but when she's, um, not so well, she's at home. So we get to spend more time together when mm-hmm. she's poorly than when she's out, when she's, you know, feeling better and she's exactly, yeah. to want to be out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it's not exactly, you know, it wouldn't be quite right to say that I have a vested interest in keeping her poorly so that we get to hang out more. <laughs> but there is that honest fun. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that 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 is one kind of fundamental difference, and and that might be you know that might be a bit counterintuitive for some people. Might not yeah. kind of do that. You think, well, you know, you'd hang out with your friends more when they're well than when they're when they're poorly. Yeah. Um, but hey, in, I, yeah. take, I take you with me. We, I was gonna. <laughs> hey, I was gonna come to that. I was gonna come to that because in terms. Oh, and of we the, do fight. We do fight. We do fight, yeah. You're probably going to see one in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Round one. But we make we make oh, we've run out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. But, no, I mean, actually, you know, what Fran has just said there as well is, is actually, I was going to come on to that because when yeah. Fran, it, it isn't as though I'm just kind of, I mean, I'm 3,000 miles away, but it's not as though I'm just sitting, waiting in the apartment for Fran to come home because, yeah, you know, we, we have phones and we have, you know, Skype and stuff and, um, we, we do kind of take each other out and about whatever it is we might be doing. So um, I don't really travel much. You know, I'm not a traveler. I've never been outside the UK, mm-hmm. except that I have because I've traveled with Fran to a whole range of places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes, I mean, we were watching some Shakespeare last week, weren't we, in Portland Square. That sounds um, good. You know, yeah. well, well, play it, it, it. It was, you know, it was like, hey, you know, let, let's go watch some... Um, Macbeth, watch it, watch it. I was Macbeth, I was like, okay. Macbeth. So, you know, we, we went out over, well, you know, Fran went out mm-hmm. and I was watching with her from, you know, on Skype. So, you nice. know, we do, we do that kind of thing too. So. That's really cool. Um, it's just the reason that I brought it up is because I think it's a really important point to make is that, you know, when, when you're in a, when you, when you have something that affects your life as much as this does, it doesn't mean that you suddenly are useless at everything. I think that's something that, that, that people make the, the, the a poor distinction with is to just say that, you know, because, um, I don't know if this is going to make you laugh, Fran, but one of my oldest friends who I've known 20 odd years since, since I was in first school, he, uh, I always quote him in regards to the best way someone's ever described me is to go, he would go, he said, Stephen, you are the world's greatest friend uh, and you give great advice. The trouble is you give terrible advice to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I, I laugh because, you know, there'll be some people who would take that to heart and be really upset about that. But he is so right because I, I, it, it, but it is fundamentally down to, that's the sort of part of that part of my illness that 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 affects me in terms of making the right decision because we touched on this earlier that it's a very emotional illness so you act you act with emotional punch and emotional and you don't think you you don't think you kind of just do some of the time like or maybe you think too much and you don't sort of think of an you don't think of an individual thought you just do stuff because you can't that's the only way you can deal with what you're going through because as as you as fran touched on earlier in the podcast it can be very overwhelming so the only way you can get out of it is to just 
just do something, you know, because maybe standing still is not necessarily the best thing to do. But yeah, I just think it's a great way of describing me because, you know, but the point, I, but I think the reason I want to touch on, because I know that like, because we're going to get to your book, because we've been going about an hour. So I want to talk just a little bit longer because I want to talk about the stuff that you're doing, if that's okay with you guys. It's just to talk yeah, about, because um, I want to talk about what led you, because the book, you know, one of the things that got me, fascinated when marty talked about the book and talked about your idea is that he ta- he said like we want to make a book about friends helping people because that no one does a book like that and it really resonates with me a lot because you know as a as a friend you know take me out of being ill being a friend is really important to me like and and one of the things that that, that, that the reason i bring up that story is to say you know do you think it's an element of that that you got to take yourself objectively out of that person like not take it personally because i think that's kind of one of the things that i see a lot of is that you know when someone's in a bad place they go well they must be meaning what they're saying because they're saying it to me yet not really putting it into perspective and going but they're not like that night as i said earlier like 90 percent of the time they're, they're they're not like that at all um because I find, like, when someone comes to me with a problem, this is just the reason I'm saying this, is someone comes to me with a problem and says, Stephen, I'm feeling really bad about this. Um, I don't then sit there and go, oh, well, you know, but what about me? I've got bipolar disorder. <laughs> like, you know, what the hell? You, why? I, I'm always, like, I always feel like this. And I think sometimes people make the unfair assertion that they go, well, if you feel like that all the time, you're not going to help anyone. Whereas I get, re- I'm, I think the thing that I feel most fulfilled in is when someone comes to me and gives me the privilege to remind them that they matter to me. Because I regard it as a privilege. Like if someone comes to me and says, Stephen, I'm feeling really, really bad and I just need to talk to you. I'm not feeling that great. And I'm going, and I'm like, great, I've got time for you because I, because yeah. you matter. And, I, and you're giving me the opportunity to tell you you matter. What a great opportunity. I'm going to remind you of that. But then there's some people who just go, oh, my God, I've got to tell this person again. Like, why don't they just believe me? And they go, well, they believe you all the other time, but they're ill. That's the real discernible difference. They are ill, and they just can't hear it right now. Because I always say to people, do you think, Fran, it's an element of, like, I always say to people when they help me, because I, I want to talk about just a little bit about help, and to go, you know, if they say something positive, like, Stephen, you're a really, really great person and you're a great thing, you may not resonate. It may not resonate with you at the time that they say it. But I always say to them, and I, I, this is something we touched on the radio show, this idea of, like, maybe signposting might be the right word. It's the kind of um, signpost. It's like a signpost to remind you later on when you get out of that feeling. You, I always go back to people and go, like, a friend of mine not too long ago when I was going through a bad patch with my bipolar disorder she said to me, she has a, a young a young kid, and she said to me, Stephen, I think the only thing I the thing I can think of most to say to you right now, and I know you're feeling like you're the the most terrible person in the world, is I want my kid to grow up with the same similar traits to you because you've got very great traits, and that's like one of the best things anyone's ever said to me. But at the time, I kind of went, she doesn't mean that. What, what like she's that's ridiculous. I can't possibly believe that. And then a couple of days later, when I started to feel better about it, I sent her a message and just said, you know, thank you so much for saying that. And that stayed with me. It's, well, that stayed with me forever because it's 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 a very nice thing to say. And I'm I'm just interested to know, Fran, is that something that you've is that something that you've um? I'm a really good friend. Yeah, I'm yeah. A really good friend. <laughs> you know, I do. I have you know, I have a lot of life experience. I have a lot of wisdom. When people uh, when people ask me to help them, 
I'm right there uh, always. Um, you know, even if maybe they've hurt me before. Um, but I, I, and I think I've, the, the bipolar folks that I know have that kind of generosity of spirit to me. Uh, you know, I, that's what I, uh, that's what I kind of consistently run across is like they, they're in an, ex, an extraordinary amount of pain, but they're willing to help other people. That's just something that, well, and also, and also, if they come to you and they're willing to open up, the, at them at their most vulnerable, that is such a that is such a, a, it's a, privilege. a privilege. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, there's no other real word I can say it really. I mean, and I think you know if you if you treat it that way, because you wouldn't go, you wouldn't like break both your legs, and then when someone comes up to you as a friend and says, "I'm feeling really bad," I'm like, "Well." Well, I, that means nothing because about a, two months ago I broke my leg and that's the worst feeling anyone could possibly feel. Therefore, just because you're in pain now, I don't care. That's never going to be as painful as that time I broke both my legs. Like you would never, if someone treated like that, you'd go, you're a twat. I don't want to be friends with you. You're an, you're an idiot. Um, but yeah, it can be regarded as the same thing because some people can have the, cause I guess, do you think it's fair to say, I, I want to ask both you guys this, do you think it's fair to say because of one of the reasons you want to write a book about helping someone is the other side of the coin is, because I always like to, to do the counter argument because you talk about helping someone, but I think I've, I've, I've seen examples of people where they mistreat having an illness. And what I mean by that is, is they, they mask it by getting away with things uh, and just say, oh, it's my, it's my illness and they, they're not, they're, they're actually not being nice people. Um, and I'm just interested to say to to, to know like it, do you think it's because there's too many bad stories out there of people misbehaving or mistreating or people treating people badly with illnesses? Is that is that part of the reason why you it led you to wanting to talk about how to help? Um, sorry, well, I was just gonna. I, I thought Fran was just gonna speak it there, but but um, I think no, go from, for I wanted to speak for Fran, but you you know you were. You, said recently to me that you know part of the the, the main part of the um the impetus really for her suggesting the book to me or you know suggesting to me that we wrote this book you know did come out of her poor experience of you know of being treated poorly by by other people mm-hmm. and that if you know and if she hadn't had those poor experiences probably you know she wouldn't have really felt any you know any any great kind of impulse that we should try and you know, we're not trying to make it too grand. We're not trying to make this, you know, this book isn't, you know, isn't a manic, you know, isn't like a, a, a bipolar manic project. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty grounded in what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not trying to change the world, except of course we are, because we're trying to change, a, you know, we're trying to change a little bit of the world, you know, we're trying to change the world for maybe, you know, I, a few, I, a few I, the, the way that I feel about this, the, what I suggested to Marty, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was somebody who wasn't bipolar that wrote a book about being friends with someone who was and that other people, you know, all the other normal people could read this book and mm-hmm. go, oh, oh, you mean I can be different? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And also a person with bipolar can have a friend? What? That, is, that <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that is that is such an important point. I know when I was doing, um, well, when we were doing some of the research, when I was doing some of the research um, around the, uh, before we got properly going on, going on the book, um, somewhere, I can't remember, somewhere on the internet, so mm-hmm. it must have been true. 
Yeah. There was some, there was a, there was a guy and you know and, and he was he was posting up. It might have been Facebook. I don't know what it was. Um, and he was talking about his uh, like a former girlfriend of his, quite young. I think she was early twenties, who mm-hmm. was bipolar. Yeah. And she'd been told by her by her doctor or therapist or whatever that you know she was never going to be able to have like a you know a normal long term you know romantic whatever relationship. And so you know. She, you know, she ended their, she ended their relationship, um, and that was just like, you know, for somebody to be told that mm-hmm. um, is is just, you know, mind-boggling to me. So I mean, you know, we're talking about a friendship, but you know, we're talking about a long-term, caring friendship, but we're talking about a, a friendship relationship. Um, there are books out there, not so many, but there are books out there for partners, spouses, or whatever people with you know, bipolar disorder. There's nothing out there for, you know, for friends. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a degree of overlap because the fundamental thing is that you're talking about two people, one of whom has you know, mental illness and one of whom probably doesn't. I mean, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't rule out where, you know, where both people might have illness. But um, so the actual nature of the relationship, given that it's like close and long term, is probably less important than the fact mm-hmm. that you have two people who are kind of care about each other mm-hmm. um, but specifically for friends there's nothing out there and the other aspect of it which from my point of view I didn't kind of in terms of the book didn't kind of cotton on to immediately but the whole fact is that we're you know 3,000 miles apart and that this can be actually you know can be done it's not that you have to be, you have to seek out somebody who lives on the other side of the world but the point is that it doesn't matter where they live it doesn't matter where your friend lives um, yeah you know, exactly, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe you grew up together, and one or other of you has moved away. You might be in the next the next street, the next town, you know, or it might be the other side of the world. Um, I think it also at that point makes it really powerful, doesn't it? That it all caring, comes down to communication, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that comes back to like one of our key little phrases that we like to drop in, that you know, all over the place um, is you know is that. <laughs> Our, you know, we, 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 we were drafting sort of like a, like a, um, a vision statement for our, for the book, for, but, but more than that, like for the broader work that we're kind of involved in and trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that is that like our vision is, is a world where no one is too far away you know, to be cared for or to care. But that's kind of catchy, but I mean, yeah. I think it captures something, you know, I mean, that's what we're doing right now. You know, there's the three of us on this call and yes. there's all the people who'll be, you know, listening in, watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's connection, and you know there are people who don't value internet friendships. There are people who don't credit that you can have any kind of meaningful relationship with somebody that you don't. It's usually when you meet. It's usually when you meet physically that stuff starts going wrong. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, that's, this is why we've only met once. <laughs> yeah, don't want to don't want to risk it. Don't want to risk it. Yeah, we don't want to risk it. Yeah, maybe another, another ten years or so, we'll risk it again. Um, so is uh, the so is the book called uh, Gum on My Shoe? Is it the same as oh, that's the work, yeah, That's that's our current. That's work a working right title. Mm-hmm. So what 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 did that how did that come about? I'm quite interested because I kind of have been when I when Marty first mentioned this, I, like the way my mind works again as we touched on it, the jokey thing because I think bipolars can be funny. Is I just spent my entire time going. It could mean this. Could mean this. It could mean this. It could mean this. <laughs> so I'm interested to know what you what you thought or, like your thoughts behind it. Um, what? 
Vegas. Come on, my shit. Come on, my shit. When we were, how we came to the title? Yes, how did it come? Okay, the way we came to the title, I said. Does it go? (laughs) At at one point in our in our relationship, we um, Marty said to me, "You know, Fran, you're stuck with me now." And I said, "Like I'm on my shoe." And then so later on, when we were looking at, you know, when we were thinking about titles, the first one that came to my mind was Gum on My Shoe. The funny thing is, is that people interpret it as that, you know, the 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 um, bipolarist is the gum on the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> on the, gum on my shoe. But what this is saying is that the well one who's caring for me is my gum on my shoe because I can't, you know, here I am, I'm bipolar. Let me go. I just want to get out of here. (laughs) And he's kind of giving, he's kind of the string on the balloon, you know? It's a really good metaphor because I thought of several, like the idea of the, the shoe is that the, it could be the friend carrying the person with bipolar, like with them, because it's they're permanently walking with them with a touch of their shoe, or you know. But but I'm a little. I'm a. I mean, I'm. In, I, I, I. One of my hobbies is to write songs, and I'm a musician, so. Um. So I always think of metaphorical stuff, but yeah, no, there was a bunch of things, and also I thought the gum could be the fr- like the gum, gum. The gum could be the person. With with the bipolar who because the person who has the gum could chuck the gum away and decide they're not meaningful anymore, uh, like you don't want them to be attached to them anymore, which um you know the, so that's the down the, the the bad side of it. But yeah, no, I thought it was a really really clever title. Um, Maybe you can write a song for us. <laughs> yeah. <Go on> <laughs> what you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, that has to be that. You know, um, when I, that really sounds like something from like Chaz and Dave. I think Marty will understand that reference. I think. Chaz and Dave. Yeah. Jump in my shoe. It's like it's. I don't know. It's. A, it's. Or maybe some sort of like Scott. Like uh, maybe some sort of like the specials or something. Uh, jump, yeah, not this one. Jump into something. Yeah. 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 That would be cool. No. No. That sounds fun. But yeah. No. Um. Uh, so what kind of, you know, we've been touching on this throughout the podcast is to just say, you know, so how far down the pipeline is the book? I mean, is it, is it, is it, uh, is it written? Is it, what, 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 what's the current state that it's in? Earlier, earlier this evening, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently working on the final chapter, chapter 10, the final chapter. So, um, that's so the bulk of the, the book is written. Um, those, the, the other nine chapters are in, you know, some of them are complete and, edited and finalized and some mm-hmm. not not quite so but i mean it's you know it's essentially written mm-hmm. um we've been um we, we spent a fair amount of time last year um approaching querying uh, like literary agents and i was gonna say and publishers i think we there might be one or two publishers but essentially agents mm-hmm. um yeah yeah there's an agent there's an agent in the in, in the u.s and new york who's kind of interested but we're not we're not we don't have a, a publishing deal as of yet mm-hmm. So, um, but that's that's kind of where we are. Um, well, I imagine you won't need to. That'll come once you've finished the book and whatnot, and then have an actual full thing to give to show them. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, I mean, a big part, a big part as well of of what we both involved in is um, from the purely the book from the point of view of, of us as authors is building our platform. You know, the, so the social media, the Facebook, and, and whatever mm-hmm. things like this. Um, yeah. radio shows um, is from the point of you know kind of getting the word out from our point of view yeah uh, definitely and building the platform so you know that that's um, quite a legitimate thing to want to do and there's that aspect of it but um, there's the broader sense in which 
we're just trying, we're not, you know, we want to get the book published. We want, we would like to sell a few copies. We would like to make that difference mm-hmm. in people's lives. Um, but there are other ways than, you know, specifically just writing and publishing the book. So a lot of the work that we do, um, through the sort of social media is trying to sort of align with a lot of, you know, with other people. There's so many people out there doing their thing in the kind of mental health arena, whether it's individually, you know, other authors, whether mm-hmm. it's other like, you know, organizations. Yeah. Um, definitely. and with, with having that kind of, um, you know, transatlantic kind of thing, we're sort of, um, we have a sort of, some involvement and association with organizations in the US, um, and with some over here. So, you know, that's, that's a kind of, you know, a broad. Is that quite interesting from the aspect of it's two, it's two separate cultures? Like, cause so there could be, cause I, I, I know, I, I, I would like to feel I'm well read enough to say that there are differences between how American and, and, and England you know, UK treat, treat mental health. So has it been, is it, is that part of what the book talks about as well? Maybe is a, a little bit of the cultural difference. It, um, no, like how, it, isn't, how people no, it isn't something that, that we, we treat in the book. Um, I mean, the book is very much, it isn't just the story of, you know, it's not just like a memoir, but it, it is, um, so it's kind of structured around different sort of themes, but then it okay. is illustrated with, um, a lot of our own, <clears throat> our own actual experience like and, um, and specifically like, you know, actual conversations and things that okay. we have in terms of, you know, how do we relate with each other to each other when Fran is manic or depressed or. I guess I just like meant that. that more, not necessarily from the book, but maybe just yeah. from like literary agents. If you go to them, maybe you get more. I don't know. My, 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 maybe it's an ignorant thing to think, but maybe I just thought maybe that you'd maybe have a better chance of people being interested, maybe in America than over here, because I think oh, it's a little bit far. They're a little bit far more. There's a, there's, I mean, obviously it's a bigger, bigger country, so you could get, you know, the mm-hmm. chances of getting noticed are, are higher, but I don't know. I just feel that they're a little bit, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, what do you, what's, what's your aspect from like as, as I, someone I who say, lives there? I would say U.S. publisher would be good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think they would just, I think they'd be, I guess the point I'm making is, and I hate having to say this because I don't think it should be an issue, but, you know, I can imagine the US publisher being less afraid of publishing it than maybe someone over here. Like, maybe, maybe afraid's not the right word, but you, you, you get what I mean, is that maybe they're just like, oh, there's not a market for it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the right terminology is, mm-hmm. but it's interesting from that aspect, but. Um, Possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that, there are a lot of organizations that are, um, you know, working on stigma and, you know, so there's a lot more, uh, it's more on the table than it ever was. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really great. Um, so obviously, um, you know, you talked on social network as well. So what's the Twitter experience? I know mainly, fr- uh, it's mainly Marty that does it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the Twitter, <laughs> yeah, the Twitter's been, that, that's, that's been amazing. Um, that's probably the last couple of years that I've really been on Twitter and, that, and that's, you know, I started that really just, Primarily as a sort of platform kind of building for the book, but really quite, um, quite soon I was just interacting, um, and, and, you know, making some friends as well, but sort of, you know, interacting and following a whole heap of people who had the, who are, you know, some of whom are like, you know, uh, bloggers in the mental health kind of arena, um, writers in different ways, uh, authors or whatever, um, but also just a whole lot of people who are just, you know, just that, just being themselves, but who, who have, um, 
not necessarily bipolar, but what, whatever the whole whole kind of range of uh, mental health issues, mental yeah. illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you fo- you know, well, I, I believe you do follow our account, but I mean, if you if, we, if I do follow, follow our account, you we know, follow each other. <laughs> there is kind of there is kind of uh, a, a mix. So a lot of a lot of what I'm tweeting, a lot of what I'm doing out there is just you know personal, not personal, but I mean just just individual interactions with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, there's also a lot of, you know, actually, you know, sharing, um, sharing other, um, information and things that, that might come from some of the, some of the organizations that, you know, Franz mentioned, whether it might be NAMI or Bring Change to Mind from the States or whatever, like, really Time to Change and Mind and things over here. Um, so trying to get a bit of a cross, fertile, yeah. And, and, um, you know, Gravity Radio and Mentally Sound as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it was through Twitter. That's how I came to, that's how I came across the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also not, not just that, but, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously when it first started, but uh, like, you know, when we were taking photos and, and, and stuff and you were, you know, obviously tweeted in part of that and all that kind of thing. And, and it's great because, you know, I mean, just to, just to, to, to talk, just to make a brief point about Twitter is it's, it's brilliant for, for us. I mean, um, because I can tweet what Geek Apocalypse is up to, but Geek Apocalypse it's one of the things that people make the mistake of. Apocalypse is a brand, and it's got other people involved in it, but it is essentially me. Yeah. Um, but and one of the so occasionally I'll say something personal. But what's great about it is I think that gives it an element of power because if I am um, if I tweet something personal on the Apocalypse Twitter, it means it's something I really want to tweet. Um, where everything else is all business related, so occasionally yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll say something. I'll say something that goes. Uh, that will say to me like you know uh, the, the the example that comes to mind is a couple of days ago I just said I was sad to hear that Roddy Piper had died because I was a huge wrestling fan and I and I was just like that's, I was sad to hear that because two days before that I was listening to a podcast he did so I was like oh that's right. that's really that's really sad to hear that um, but yeah it's it, it, it's it's really interesting so. So, because the reason I want to bring this up is obviously to encourage people uh, to go on their stuff. Obviously, follow their follow their uh, Twitter, which is at app gun on my shoe. You can see it underneath uh, if you're watching the video. Uh, if you if you're not on iTunes or on uh, geekapocalypse.com or any of the other affiliates that we're that we're on, you can click the description link and it'll be a, a, a clickable link where you can look at all their stuff to their heart's content. So, go on my shoe, the website. What can you find on there? Um, do I want to take that, Fran? Yeah. You haven't said anything for a little while. Okay. Uh, on, on the well, web, on the web, the, uh, well, it's, it's up. It's got our blog. Um, so we blog stuff ourselves, but we, we're you know quite keen to have other people guest on on our stuff as well. Cool. Um, it's got our blog. It's got some little bits of information about about us, a little bit of um, information about the book. Um, there's a there's a short kind of like resources page with some some links and things, but um, it's also got some key links there to where we've um, where we've maybe um, guest blogged or written articles, um, interviews, and things that my um, my mentally sound. There's a link on there to the podcast from the yeah yeah sound. Cool. There, there will be a link on there to to this once it's out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, I was going to say to you guys, it'll be up. To, it'll be up. Uh, I'm hoping tomorrow. So um, oh, because I'm I'm a little yeah. I'm a little uh, just because um, the the. Uh, I've had some like sort of breaking news in terms of I'm talking to well breaking news in terms of it's awesome for me is that I'm talking to people who 
have made a, a, an independent Star Trek film and um, they're, they're kind of like wanting to get back to me. Um, they're trying to get back to me with a date, so I'm kind of waiting on them. Wow, so wow. so while I'm waiting on them to do that, I'm just going to release this now so I'm not, people aren't waiting for a podcast. So I was... Fantastic you know, so yeah. for us. But yeah, obviously, yeah, but yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, I just wanted to obviously just keep the ball rolling with podcasts being uploaded. But anyway... Um, uh, you know, yeah, France means something for a bit, but yeah, that sounds great. Actually, I, I, I'll say even on air because I'm sure this, this will be all right to say is that yeah, I'm actually was just talking to my website friend of mine who runs our website about getting back into blogging. So you may get a, an email from me saying, can I, can you put this up? Put this up, Absolutely. That would be great. Yeah. Um, there is a, there is a, there is a, a, a something that in that that, that is. Um, uh, like I don't know, like I go through phases for me. Like I, I'll, something will, will inspire me to kind of go. I want to talk about this because this is not, I don't think fair, or I don't think this is the right way of looking at things. So I like to do blogs when I sort of have that uh, inspiration. So I'm really wanting to get back into it. Like, and it, this could be something as trivial as I went to see Southpaw last night, um, and I hate, and I just thought it was, it was done. It was like, <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say this, but like. I didn't have a particularly good day yesterday, and then I go and see possibly the most depressing film I've seen in a while. <laughs> like, there's just nothing positive in it whatsoever, and it's just like, this is not a good film to see in the mood I was in. Uh, and also having people next to me who were deceptively loud um, at, at the cinema, which doesn't help. But um, I just wanted to touch on, like, so so I really wish you good luck with your book. It's, uh, uh, it sounds amazing. I, I would love to get a copy when it's around. Uh, I, I, will, I would love to purchase a, I will purchase a copy if... Um, when it's finished, or if you want to send me a draft or something, that would be great. Um, but uh, I just wanted to, to, to talk, you know, this is one of the things we try and do mentally sound because we don't want it to be. I mean, I hope it's been very, to me, I mean, I, I've loved doing this podcast. It's been great. I mean, I, I found it very, I found it, you know, for me, it's even been useful. Because um, there's I use percentages too. Sorry, I use percentages too. Oh, that's good. I use percentages too. Awesome. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on like, uh, I just wanted to spend a few minutes before the end, before the end, because I want to obviously talk about future stuff, which is something I end the pod, every podcast on. But I just want to talk about um, this. We, we touched on the sort of the, the, the positive aspects of, of mental health and, you know, that's something we've, we've, we've crowbarred into certain answers, but not, uh, but not sort of elaborated on. And, and um, I just want would we interested for you? I would love for you to touch on Fran. Just like, what would you say from your experience uh, is is a positive is the positive aspect of of what the stuff that you go through? What 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 helps your life in that way? Well, I think that um, I think that bipolar has enabled me to be wiser. Um, I think the thoughts that get generated sometimes. Yes, they can be a little bit out of control, but they're also, you know, there's a lot of paying attention that happens. There's a lot of, you know, care about other people um, that I don't know that I, I don't remember having that before the bipolar started, you know, because um, it was all about me. It was all about the American way. It was all about becoming an engineer, you know, and then everything fell apart. And now... I'm so thrilled to live the life that I have. Mm-hmm. I lost it all and I found it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I guess, yeah, I, I resonate with that really strongly. It's this idea of um, being self-aware and I think there's not enough people who are self-aware 
And I think that's a very good skill to have. And kind of bipolar or any sort of mental health issue of that nature kind of forces you to be that way. Um, it's very, it's and it's a very, and it's scary. I think that's something we need to touch on. It's a, it is scary to kind of open yourself up and 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 have experiences that you wouldn't do without doing that. But boy, does life get easier. Like I, I really, I mean, I'm and more interesting. Like I mean, because that you know. I don't know that this is what we touched on in Friends. I'm really interested to know this because I had this conversation with a friend of mine about, I think it was like yesterday or the day before. And what do you guys think about Friends in terms of, do you think, because um, I always make the point of, I think actually having friends that are different to you are far better than having friends that are similar. Um, and and there's too many people who want to go, you know, when everyone like sees the perfect partner and goes, I want them to be exactly like me, but a woman or exactly like me, but a man. And I'm going, that is the stupidest way of finding someone because you want them to be different, you know? And I think the real fundamental thing, I'm not claiming to be an expert about relationships, but I'm just saying the best relationships I have in life are appreciating what they have, what they, what they like and having similar things that they like with me. But I just as much like talking to them about things I don't know than things that I do, and I think that's really the key thing. I'm just interested to know what you think in that in that in that sense. Well, I think that uh, I think that differences that's where the strength lies. Yeah. If, if everything's similar, there's where's the strength? Where's the you know the where's the you know where's the where's the um you know you can either eat white bread or you can eat like the multi grain you know like <laughs> ah, ah so, you know it's it's it makes a huge difference, I think. And it's important to have other people who have different views than you because Absolutely. then you can open yourself up to other ways of thinking, other ways of doing things, other ways of being in the world. And if you have somebody that's just the same as you, then there's no room for growth. Mm-hmm. Do you also think, like, uh, to t- just, just to touch on this, Marty, is you, do you think it's a case of... Um, of uh, I'm trying to think of the right way of saying this is to just it is to just kind of be the be like um just try I guess, I guess the I guess what I'm saying is to just be the, the best friend you can be really I I think in that yeah. sense and I think that comes with understanding that they are different and I as think the, so, yeah. yeah I I, 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 I can't phrase it anyway yeah no I mean I mean that's fundamentally like our, you know come back to our book or the message of whatever we you know what you're trying yeah. to say mm-hmm. it yes you know we're writing this book about a relationship where somebody has mental illness, bipolar, but it's not about that. It is about being a friend. It's about being um, in a in in a good, positive, healthy, very key word, very relevant word, yeah. healthy relationship. It's how to grow a, and maintain and develop a healthy relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, specifically with somebody else who has mental health issues. But fundamentally, it's about, you know, and that isn't much about looking inside yourself yeah, for each definitely. person, whether it's the well one or the ill one, looking inside yourself. So, um, and that whole thing about difference, absolutely, fundamentally agree with you on that. Um, I'm just so interested it, to say, because those, those, ga- those gaps in experience, mm-hmm. whether it's to do with health, whether it's to do with, you know, culture, nationality, race, money, whatever it is, those differences, the gap between the two people, you know, that's where that's where the magic happens. That's where the growth happens. Yeah. If there's no gap, if you're the same, there's no room for any growth. Yeah. 
and uh, or coming together in a in a in a good way. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, growing together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I always think like you know, um, I, I always like uh, uh, I, I heard Cornell West say this, but I don't think it's his. I don't think it's his. Um, it's his phrase, but I love the phrase. The to to be intelligent is to be aware of the lack of one's intelligence. <laughs> and, uh, and I I think there's a great amount of power to that because what I mean by that is. Uh, the mark of someone being intelligent isn't working things out for themselves. It's finding the most information about something and then making the decision. Uh, and that only happens through, you know, it goes back to what Marty said about how he dealt with, with you, Fran, in terms of asking uh, what's bipolar disorder, what's that like, and having the, the kindness, what you, what you said, and the response and the respect and the responsibility as and care for another human being to just to listen. And to, to and to go and to to learn, um, and and there's something really poignant you touched on, which I I just want to I think it's the best way of, of ending the show is to just say, like you touched on Fran and you laugh when you said that we also fight, and I also <laughs> oh. and I also say right, and you know and it's funny because I I used to know people and that's part of the reason we're not friends anymore. I used to know people that used to say, well we fight all the time. That can't be a healthy relationship, and I'm like. And I said, I said to a friend of mine, we had a fallen out over because he, he, I thought treated me really, really badly, and he, and, and I still think he did. So I told him how I felt, and I, and he said to him, he, he sort of said to me, and I, it, it really bothered me. And I told him, I, I went to the trouble because I think this is the right thing to do is to say, look, I really didn't like the way you treated me there. I felt like you disres- like you disrespected the fact that I, I, I asked you to be there for me, and basically he just left left and, and, and left me alone and sort of disregarded that I asked him to, to, to do something for me. And that took a great amount of courage in my aspect and I just got really upset over it. And I, and he said, like, you know, I don't like the fact that you're, you know, I, if you don't want to be friends with me, that's fine. I, I You know, and I goes, and I just said to him, like, because I've known him a few years but not long and I just turned around to him and said, do you know how many times over the 20 odd years that my oldest friends have, have been have known each other and grown and, and love each other? Cause I, I feel like they're my brothers. And that's the, the, the most kindest thing I can say is I feel like they're my brothers is that I said to them, do you know how many times that we've fought over that 20 odd year period? Thousands of times. And the, the reason we keep coming back to each other is because we respect each other enough to know is that human beings fuck up. And they make mistakes, and the only re- the only way you learn is to give somebody the actual opportunity to make them and forgive them for doing it. Um, and so I'm just I'm saying that from my perspective, but I'm really interested as people who work together and, and obviously working on this book. I mean, and obviously, you know, have a have a have a good connection with each other. Is how fundamental are the fights to to this friendship? <laughs> um, so I'll start with you, Frank, because you remember you laughing earlier, so I'm interested in it. <laughs> Well, we've had, we don't, it's not like we, well, sometimes we have to schedule them because uh, sometimes we feel, we feel that that, yeah, so that kind of, you know, we get, find something that's not really quite working an edge to kind of tease out a bit because, I mean, generally we're, we're totally fine with each other, but we, the thing is fights are not bad at all i mean they they are very useful to you know just grow in the relationship and to get to know each other better so um we had a really we had a really great fight once when i was really manic and uh, <laughs> this is this is this is goes down in history um 
I had asked Marty to do something, you know, because he, you know, he edits things for me or he writes things for me and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, he, you know, and he had already gone to bed, and I, and I really wanted it that night. I had to get it out that night, right? And of course, you know, there's a time difference of five hours, so this is like really late at night. And he was like, "No, I'm not doing. It. I'm not doing it." And so, and so then, you know, and then the next thing I see is that he he did it. Right. And, and I, but I knew that he was really upset. So uh-huh. I, I sent him a YouTube video mm-hmm. of twinkle, twinkle, little stuff. And he got that. <laughs> Always forgiven. <laughs> Your, uh, the, the defense. Martin. <laughs> no, no, that, that is, that is, that is pretty much it. Yeah. I, I think I'd, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we've been on together and I've been doing all these edits and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'd, I'd come off the PC and I was on my way to bed and it was like, yeah, just one more thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to wait till the morning. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm five hours ahead. So I could, yeah, yeah. I could do it in work. I could do it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. No, no, I want it now. So I was like, Stormed back to the PC, hammering the keys, you know, like, there, there's your, you know. <laughs> there's your F and, th- yeah, that was, uh... yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So she knew I was bad. And I was absolutely fuming, mostly, mostly at myself for like, yeah, for doing yeah. it, you know. So. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, that—that's why I think, you know, I, I and I, and I commend you guys for doing this because I think this, you know, th- there's plenty of examples we've said during this podcast where writing your book is going to be so is so worthwhile because they're, they're, you know, we're joking about this, but the serious side of it is, is that the, you know, there's a there's a di- there's a difference between having being ill and having your illness issues and then having regular fights with your friends where in and, and they but they they and they and I think they get intertwined and the and the reason I'm bringing up is that you have a regular relationship clearly and we've established this through the podcast that you have a regular friendship outside of what Fran goes through and uh and that's why I said you know when Marty you know and it, it doesn't mean that you you have any less problems Marty in your regular life and she helps you with that and you know that's why I think it's because I think the, the 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 most important question I think I want to ask you guys is to say, do you think the most important thing is to is to real is to obviously talk about mental health, but maybe show that it's important, but show that it's not everything. Is that is that? Do you kind of get what I mean by that? And, yeah, and... I think yeah, I think yeah. I mean, it's to kind of normalize it almost. I mean, it's not. I mean, by definition, illness isn't normal. I suppose. I mean. Mm-hmm. We've used or you've used the normal word more than we. Yeah, tend I've already to do. like using it. But, but I, whatever, it's but like yeah, yeah. normal. We we know what we know what we mean. Um, just as we'd say like well ones, and to somebody else that might sound weird. Because there'll be but, someone um, who flippantly would say sane, which I really don't. Yeah, like. or sa- yeah, sane, yeah, which I really don't like. But anyway. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just that. I, yeah, I mean, I mental health issues or whatever come up a lot in my conversations and my friendships with other people whether they're normal or otherwise simply because well and i hope it doesn't get too boring for for people they you know it seems to generate a lot of interest or whatever but simply because that that is what i'm involved with that's what i'm doing that's you know i'm writing this book we're doing these things um but that's just what is just like one aspect of our of my life and of our friendship um 
And fundamentally, you know, I've got this best friend lives in the States and she's great and we hang out and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and oh yeah, you know, she's blushing now. <laughs> and also, it doesn't happen too often. Yeah. Maybe people in the audio podcast will look at the video version and go, just I want to say I blush, but, <laughs> but no, but, but it, but it's, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to hear. And I think that's really the, you know, I, and I think one of the things you said, Marty, that resonates with me, as I remember you saying, it's also, it is a book essentially about friendship. It just happens to be that one friend has a mental health issue. And I think that's yeah. a really great way of pitching it, I would say, is that to say that it is really like just to say that a person can be, like, that's why I said, one of the things I strive to be is a good friend because I think that's separate to me having an illness. Um, and I think it's the same for a friend who wants to help someone with an illness. Um, I don't see how the two should be, should be, you know, separate, uh, in, in whatever sense, but, but yeah, this has been fantastic guys. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I hope you guys have too. It's been really, really fun. Um, uh, I really wish you good luck with the book, and I and I I say that you know I, as I say it once, just keep me posted if if um if you you know you're welcome to come back on if it gets um you know let me know how it's going and you can come back on in the future and we can talk about how it's going. Um, and I'm and I really do. I was on your website earlier today. I really recommend people should go and have a look at um go on my show. As I say, there's some links that you can click on. Uh, to find out more information there's a little bio as well as uh, uh, Marty told me about before the show started that you can read more about what Marty and Fran do um, we never touched on as well Fran when you saying about you an engineer beforehand I've never got a chance to talk to you about that <laughs> damn it I'll be for next <laughs> I'll be for next show um, we'll have to do this another time yeah awesome yeah we'll do it another time yeah uh, but yeah um, is there anything you is there anything you guys want to say before we wrap this up is that um, I think we've pretty much covered everything I think um, um, the thing that's been bugging in, in my head is uh, it, yeah. a term called uh, I have a wellness box. <laughs> like the wellness it's policy. All, <laughs> it's, got, it's got, you know, stuff in it. You know, things that help, that make me happy. Things that help me in my day. And I, I think that everybody, not just mentally ill people, but everybody should have a wellness box. Mm. Yeah, it was one of them things where there's a the great a great uh, streamer, a video game streamer who I like a lot, who he 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 did a he did like just a during one of his breaks just said this thing, that I uh, you know I sometimes he had anger issues when he was younger and he's like the most chilled out person in the world and you're thinking wow he's got anger issues but I love the fact that he talked about it and he just said a simple thing and you touched on this earlier from when he said he said. He writes. He wrote a letter on uh, on his mirror every morning that just said, "You are a great person," and that's he put it on his mirror and he reads it every day and he says it's surprising how many times it works, yeah. um, and it's just positive. It's I get uh, you know it's, it's kind of known as positive reinforcement really, but it's it's um, it, and it's funny that you say that. For me, in my experiences with illness, with my illness is. It comes down to, like, I say to my friends when they say, what do I do in, in this scenario? And I just said, well, the best thing you can do is, as you said with Marty earlier, is this idea of light is to give give that person hope that it's going to be all right. Because in in some cases, you just need to be reminded it's not you're not going to feel as bad as you do then. It'll get it, this is the worst day. It will get better. It will get better. Uh, you may have that worst day again, and most likely you will. But like today, where I've had a particularly good day, and yesterday wasn't that great, but today was better. I just remind yourself that 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 today was better than yesterday, um, and that fills me with 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 hope. And and I, and I hope like um, I hope podcasts like this 
with us three talking because I think one of the, the great things to talk about. I mean, me and Frank, I've met Marty before, luckily, but I'm saying I've never met you before, and we've talked about. If someone, when some people listen to this, they're going to go, Stephen and Fran don't know each other, and yet we've talked openly like we've known each other for years. And I think, I it, what what puzzles me is that I don't find that hard, and I don't kind of because I do not feel you ever. I never felt you were going to judge me, and I and I and I you know, and I I hope you feel the same way. It's just I don't, I don't you know. I think it's something that me and Marty share then, I, and we I think we all do is that we just don't judge. Um. And it's about understanding. So I really do hope, I think the best way of me to end this from my perspective is to just say, I hope this has helped. I hope it's just helped yeah. people learn uh, learn more. And I hope you realize that we are sincere in trying to help people. And uh, that's all we really want to do. And we are human beings too, <laughs> in a jokey sense. But yeah, huge thank you guys. Uh, as I say, please do follow them on Twitter um, and uh, check out their website. Um, uh, huge thank you Marty thanks so much man uh, really appreciate nice. it uh, hopefully you can come on Mentally Sound again at some point uh, as well I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure we can sort that out not that, yes. I, not that I not that I make any decisions there but, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure I can I can hit a few elbows and get it happen, get it to happen but yeah thank you Fran it's been lovely to meet you it's, oh, it's been a pleasure uh, and good luck, with everything. good luck with everything uh, right um, thanks guys I'll end the podcast like I always end in the words of the great B movie Robot Jocks Crash and Burn and uh, we'll see you all guys very soon take care guys thanks bye you're listening to the audio version of the Geek Apocalypse podcast bought by yours truly Mr. Resident Geek Stephen Hesse we are available on iTunes as well on www.geekapocalypse.com broadcast live and exclusively from Newcastle, England in good old UK. We also have a YouTube account which is www.youtube.com forward slash geekapocalypse where we'll be, we, we will be uploading all the videos from our podcast as well as from Twitch. Speaking of Twitch, we are also just starting a Twitch account which you can find at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekapocalypse where you can follow us to find out all the streaming we will be doing on said site. Also, you can, if you want to know everything that we're absolutely up to, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at geek underscore apocalypse. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy being a geek.